If you have your Bibles, Judges chapter 3, verse 31. This is the message translation. Shamgar, but we'll call him Shammy. Shammy, son of Anath, came after Ehud using a cattle prod. He killed 600 Philistines single-handed. He too saved Israel. A 600 to one odd. How many of you know that's a lot? You know, let's say right now, everybody in here is Al-Qaeda. And then take this row right here and, and make two more rows this size. We'd be close to 600 people. And let's say 600 people are Al-Qaeda. And I'm standing here with a seven-foot stick and a little pointed on the end. How many know that's pretty big odds? 600 warriors who hate Israel and want to defeat everything about Israel. And the cattle pod was a seven-foot stick with a metal end, and it was used to encourage the cattle. You know, now we got electric. But it was used to encourage the cows to just prod them and to make them going. Well, you know, I use this example like if we were 600 people against one. You know, I use that as an example, but it doesn't do it good enough. So I went into the archives of the Old Testament, and I found the video of Shamgar against the 600 Philistines. So if we're ready back there, I want y'all to see the battle of Shamgar. Amigo. talking about 601 odds and God's going to win. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we want to see today, even though as you go and you get into your heart's desire and you get into that area of passion in your heart, he found what was in his hand and what's in your hand to lead to what God's put in your heart. So I want to just share some things with you and just encourage you and just challenge you today. But no matter what, if you have the, uh, your bulletin day, the first blank is, don't quit, no matter what the odds are against you. 
Don't quit. Young people, write this down. Mama, write it for them to put in their Bible. But whatever you do, don't quit no matter what the odds are against you. No matter what it seems like, whether it's in your business, it's in your future, in college, in school. Thank you, too, for not quitting high school. Thank you for graduating. Thank you, each and every one of you, for not giving up on the power of the Word and the Spirit of God. Not giving up on your dreams. Not giving up on your desires. Not giving up on your marriage. Not giving up on your children. And listen, thank God right now, there is no reason to give up on our country. Because we are still the country, the United States of America, under God. Hallelujah. Amen. So no matter what the odds are, don't give up. Now I want you to see, this is the reason why, Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them. He looks at you. When you say, I've lost my job, Jesus looks at you. I'm hurting, Jesus looks at you. When the doctor says, this is the report, Jesus is looking at you and He's saying, with men, this is impossible. But with who? Come on, with who? With God, all things are possible. Come on, give the Lord praise about that. All things are possible. Now, Ecclesiastes 3.1. He has made everything beautiful in its time. There's a season and a time for everything. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. The mysteries. The things your eyes hasn't seen yet. But the seed of the mystery of God is in your heart. And look at this part now. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I love to amplify. A divinely implanted sense of purpose. Say that with me. A divine implanted sense of purpose. Now the whole scripture in the Amplified Bible says, a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. There's something inside of you. There is a purpose, there's a plan, that there's priorities. There's a presence of God on the inside of you. And no matter what, listen, don't waste your time seeking things to satisfy the hunger and the purpose that is in you by the Holy Spirit. And he says he's put this within you, yet so that man cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Now, I want to read to you Acts chapter 17, verse 26. I didn't have time to get it up here. But listen to this in the NIV. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. Now, listen to this part. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. The exact places where they should live. So many times we complain about where we live, but yet God has us here because He had a plan in our heart, in our life, that we don't even understand. we got people here from different states. we got people in this church from different countries because God had a predetermined purpose and plan, a mystery inside of them. And He says, I have your times all figured out. I even have the preordained boundaries of where you're supposed to live, you're supposed to work, who you're supposed to marry, what you're supposed to follow. I've got that all preordained. 
Now, that's a mystery, especially when you get out of high school and you're going through college. What am I supposed to do? But even as you continue to grow and some dreams seem to fail and you're looking for answers, God has everything worked out in sign. In Acts chapter 13, 36, you don't have to look it up, but it said after David served his purpose for his generation. Listen, David was anointed as king. But he had to run for 19 years before what he was anointed for came to pass. But David did serve his purpose. Even though Saul, his brothers, the the giant, even though everything tried to interfere and stop his purpose and plan, what God purposed and planned, David was able to do in his generation and nobody and nothing, not even his big mistakes and mess-ups. Not even what we, he should have been stoned for stopped him from completing the plans and the purposes of God. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a hand for that? Thank God. That's good news. That's good news. Young people, everybody, you're alive for a reason. He's preordained and planned and purposes and, 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 and all these great things inside of you. You're alive and He has plans for you. I tell you what, everybody, most of us here would agree. When they show things about Paris Hilton on TV, I'm not impressed. You know, I'm not impressed with people who've had everything given to them. And they just live making a mess out of their life. But I tell you, you give me the story of Rocky any time, and there's a hero. Everybody loves to hear other people's story about the school of hard knocks. Most of us in here, I don't know anybody of us in here had everything just given to them. Born in the rich family, born with everything. Everything was just given to them. Everything just worked out for them. I don't know about you, but I wasn't. I remember my mom crying when they were saying, we're cutting your gas off tomorrow if you don't come up with the money. I remember the rats eating the food that people brought for us while we were gone so that we could eat. I remember those type of stories. But you know what? And the things we went through in the mission field and the different things. But you know what? All those things help make us and bring us more towards the plan and the purpose of God. And it's the same way with you. You may be saying, why do I have to struggle? It's because God has a good plan, a big plan, a big purpose. And listen, not everybody is born with a silver spoon. But everybody can grow into the successful plan that God has for them. Amen. Now I want you to see this. You can put this in your notes. God gets the glory when you're against all odds. Why am I, why is everything against me? So that God can show and reveal himself through everything. When you're against all gods like this guy, Shamgar, 600 to 1, and he freed Israel, but why? Because God was for him, so who could be against him? And when he won the victory, God got all the glory. Can I hear an amen? God gets all the glory. Look this quote from Henry Ford, and you can put this in your notes. Most people get ahead during the time other people waste. You need to fill in that blank. If you didn't get a bulletin, get one. And we're going to have it on the web tomorrow. And you can fill in the blanks. But listen to what this man said. Most people get ahead during the time other people waste. 
I want to encourage you graduates and I want to encourage you young people and you going to college. Don't waste the time because time is life. And listen, I want to share something with you. Many times, and listen to this old man. Many times, our desire is really our hobby and not our future. How many hunters and fishermen we got here in the house? How many hunter and fishermen? Ladies, you can raise your hands too. Okay. Well, listen. Brother Robbie, Brother Chris, you guys, y'all love to, everybody that raised their hand, they love to hunt and fish. Man, they talk about hunting and fishing with a, with a passion. But you know what? You can't make a living off of the land very good, could you? Okay. <laughs> You'd be starving to death, huh, like me. Listen. Their passion, if you talk to them, you listen to them. I mean, they caught me at the gate want to take me duck hunting and, uh, and uh, this and that and the other. You know, can you all picture me duck hunting? I've got to get another suit. But anyway, uh, it's their passion. It's their hobby. But it's not their source to make a living. And so you've got to understand while some people are wasting time trying to make their hobby their future, your future's preordained in your heart. That God has a plan and a purpose for you. He made everyone with a character, personality, uh, strengths, weaknesses to bring them into the place where He desires for them to be. So while some people are wasting their time, you need to get after it and you need to do it. Your time is your life. Waste your time and you waste a piece of your life away. You know what? Benjamin Franklin was 23 years old when he invented the printing press and had his own company. He was 25 years old when he founded America's first library. He was 30 years old when he founded the first fire department. And he was 37 when he invented the first heat and fish efficient, efficient stove. And, and so that's why it's important to start now while you're still young. Second Timothy 4.4 They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Now this is talking about the end times, but I believe this is also a special, special message to young people and graduates. Don't be chasing after myths. And even grown-ups, if it sounds too good to be true, it better be God. Because if it's anything else, it's not going to work. And many times we can spend and waste our time chasing myths when we need to be seeking the purpose and plan for God for our lives that takes us right to the source of what God has planned and wanted for us. How many of us today are testimony? I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but how many today would say, oh, there's things I wish I wouldn't have done when I was young. And so many things I wish I would have done while I was young to take advantage of the time. Don't chase after myths. And look at uh, 4 verse 2. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. The King James says, in season or out of season. You can write these down in your notes. In season or out of season. The word season there means opportunity. It means to be alert, be ready, and be prepared for when opportunity comes. Because you never know when it's going to come, but it's going to come and you've got to be ready. Amen. Now listen, we've got to understand, like I said, what's... This man had the stick. He had the ox pod in his hand. Ox prod in his hand. He had the stick. What do you have in your hand? May not necessarily be what is going to get you into your future, but what you have in your hand will help get you to what's in your heart. For example, Moses wanted to see the children of Israel freed. That was in his heart. But what helped him get them to the place where they got freed 
what was the staff that was in his hand. Many times, you're, you're, you're what you understand in the area of knowledge and understanding and studies, your craftsmanship, maybe a mechanic or a carpenter, or, or whatever you may do, whatever you may have the easiness of doing with your mind and your talents. Many times, your talents is not going to be the thing that will bring in your future. Your talents will bring you to what God has put in your heart to make you great. You see, you've got to have passion about life. And that's what so many people have missed out on. I shared a few uh, years ago, about two years ago, I shared about these books here. And I showed you the videos. This book right here is about a guy named Eric, The Adversity of Advantage. This young man went totally blind at nine years old. Totally blind, nine years old. When he got into his late teens, he had a desire. He wanted to climb Mount Everest. And how many know people who can see have died climbing Mount Everest? Well, to make the story short, this man started training. And totally blind, he has climbed the seven tallest mountains of the world. The seven tallest mountains of the world he climbed when nobody said he could. This guy right here, I love this guy, Kay Menard. I tried getting him over here, but it was too much money. This little man right here was born with limbs up to uh, his arm right here and legs up to right here. No hands, no elbows, just nubs. Well, when he got a little up in age, he wanted to play football. They put him a football outfit on, and that little fella learned to run on just his little nubs and catch the ball and tackle with just his little arms and just his little legs. Now, a lot of times we go through things, if we would have been in a situation like that, we'd be thinking of ways to commit suicide. We'd be thinking about, I don't want to live like this. Look what God has done to me. He was raised in a Christian family. Look what's happening to me. They used to lay him on the beach and put ketchup on the end of his nubs. And he would start doing like that, hollering, shark, shark, shark. So when the world hands you lemonades, you make lemonade. Lemons, you make lemonade. He, instead of letting it get him down, they fixed up his Cherokee Jeep. And he, he can drive a Jeep just like he is. But not only did he play football, he wanted to be a wrestler. And do you know he had 30 championship wrestling matches in high school? And he came out the number seven on his team with no hands, no elbows, no legs. He invented two moves in wrestling that the others couldn't do. And he talks about how there were times when he had his jaw broken and his nose broken, but he was determined to win 35 matches that year and the state tournament for Georgia. And he came out the eighth in the senior national tournament. Now listen to what he wrote. Even though I was born with much shorter limbs... As the average person, I know that I was not born to be an inferior individual. I was born to succeed and not to allow physical limitations to stand in the way of my dreams. The experience of wrestling is like no other. I know that there is no challenge large enough to keep me away from where I want to be. I know I can solve any problem through learning and discipline. I know my limits... But never stop trying to break them. Come on. If he could do that with no arms and no legs, 
How much more can we do when God's blessed us with two hands and two feet? He's blessed you with the things you have. And you may not have everything you want or need, but you've got a possibility through learning through God to even break. I don't care if you're 65 or 70. There are ways to break limitations that the enemy and natural things have tried to hold you down because God has promised you a good life. The enemy wants to shatter that. The enemy wants to steal that. But nothing can take it away if you've got passion of fighting spirit. Say, I don't care if there's 600 of them against me. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight them and I'm going to win this battle through through the power of God. Amen. Now look at this. This is for your notes too. Dream no small dreams for small dreams stir not the hearts of men. If we're just, well, whatever. What if Shamgar would have heard the Philistines were outside and he goes, well, honey, I guess I'm going to have to go fight them. Give me my stick. I'm going to die. Been a good knowing you. I don't know what they're going to do to me, but somebody's got to do it. How many know somebody with that type of attitude? But he looked at 600 people and he said, 600 today, 1,200 tomorrow. <laughs> he knew that there was a purpose and a plan inside of him regardless of the odds. So dream no small dreams. Amen. And then I want to tell you the word enthusiasm comes from the Greek word entheo, which means in God. Let enthusiasm, knowing that you're in God, raise you up. Do you know 90% of people are complainers and gripers? Well, I've got to go to school tomorrow. Thank God. I gotta go to work tomorrow. Hey, ask a lot of people. They wish they had a job to go to tomorrow. They wish they could go to college or go to school. So we've got to get these things down in our heart, young people, and we've got to be determined that we're gonna do something in our life. Now listen to this. This Brahm was a famous composer of music, just like some of these others. And he wrote this thing, and this composer, conductor, he was doing this uh, sheet of music. And when he got to this one point, as he was conducting the band, it said, loud steel. And so he started getting into it, and he made them go louder and louder. And as he got farther down, and he was just getting it on with his baton, it said, get louder steel. And boy, he got into it, and he threw his shoulder out of joint. Well, after the concert, the reporters were laughing and they said, you saw the old man? He threw his shoulder out of joint. So they went up to him and they, they were laughing. And they said, what do you feel now that you got so much into the music you threw your shoulder out of joint? And this was his response. I know some middle-aged people who don't have enough enthusiasm to dislodge a necktie, not to mention their shoulder for anything. Amen. That little guy with no arms and no legs, he had his jaw broken, his nose broken. And they said, you don't have to, you don't have to wrestle the next match. He says, I wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> you know, let's get out. Well, he didn't. Somebody had to fix his nose for him, poor thing. But, but let's get after it. Somebody shout, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Man, I tell you, we need some doses of enthusiasm. Just ask somebody, are you married? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I met with two soldiers here lately, and we were talking. I said, hey, I found waterboarding in the Bible. 
They said, you did. I said, yeah, they're making so much commotion about waterboarding. I already found it in the Bible. Where is it in Proverbs? The book of Proverbs says, a nagging wife is like a continual dripping. There's waterboarding right there. That's torture. So, I mean, how can you get mad at something like that? But how many of you... <laughs> oh, my. You, you don't nag, baby. Listen to this. How many football fans we got in here? How many Pittsburgh Steelers fans? How many remember in 1963, Ernie Startner? Is that how you say his name? Ernie Stortner. Anyway, he, he, he was from German background. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And listen, this guy one day was playing in 1963. Good year. I was born that year. So was Scott and a few others. John and, and uh, James. And so anyway, he was playing and he broke his thumb. And when he, went, when he got in the hurdle, in the huddle, the hurdle, the huddle, they looked and his thumb was up against his arm. The skin was torn. The bone was sticking out of his skin. So he got in the huddle, he grabbed his thumb, he pulled it into his palm, squeezed it, and he goes, what's the next play? And one of the football's players said, I was about ready to pass out, and there he is holding that thumb in his hand. They play the game, he plays to halftime holding his thumb because I'm not sitting down, I'm going to play. At halftime, he gets the tape, he tapes the thumb into his hand, makes a big round knot, and then he continues to play the rest of the game, hitting the other guys in the helmet with the knot on his hand. At the end of the game, he's standing there and he goes, I think I might need a doctor. But that's passion. That's passion. You know why? He was willing to play hurt. He was willing to play hurt. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Oh, they don't treat me right. Oh, they don't talk to me right. Oh, they're... They, I don't like the way they talk to me at school. I don't like the way they talk to me at college. I don't like the way they treat me. I don't like the way they treat me at my job. I'm going to quit my job. I wish I was losing my job. I hate my job. And I tell you what, we need less complainers, moaners, and criers, and we need more people with enthusiasm that, hey, I'm going to do something with my life. I'm going to play hurt. Because hurt's going to happen. Hurt comes. We've all been hurt. We could all be here all the rest of our life telling about our hurts and somebody done somebody wrong song. Make me feel at home while I miss my baby. You know, we'll always have that pain and that hurt. We'll always go through these different things. But what God is looking for is a few men and women of God, young people, that though they don't treat me like my mama treated me, and even though I wasn't treated like I should have been, and though I'm not accepted for who I am or my color or where I come from, I bless God, I tell you what, I'm going to get in here. What's the next plan? I'm going to get ready to play no matter what they're trying to say or do against me. I'm going to play this play. I'm going to play hurt. I'm going to play tired. I'm going to be enthusiastic about my life because I've got one life and I'm going to make it count. Can I hear an amen? amen? What you got in your hand? Two fishes, five bread, but it's enough to feed the multitude. Now look at this. Well, no. It says, the word calling in 2 Timothy means to shout 
out loud. It means there's something, if you listen to it, there's something inside of you that if you listen to it, it will speak to you and it will lead you into the right way. Now, I know some of y'all have gone seen Wolverine. Anybody's gone seen Wolverine? Anybody seen the X-Men? Oh, now, I know some of you went. You're not raising your hand. I know some of you went. Did you see in the movie where all of a sudden they hear a voice that says, turn left and go right, go here, go there. Now, I don't believe in mind control, but I want to tell you something. There is a voice of the one who created the heavens and the earth who is on the inside of you to tell you which way to go to save your life and to guide and lead you. Even, Brandon, when you're starting over, but you're going to do something and you're going to make something and you're going to fix something and you're going to build something. You determine and purpose and plan. Whatever the cost, I'm going back. I'm going to get it done and I'm going to do it right. So that's what God is looking for. What is in your hand will lead you to what is in your heart. I want to just tell you a few stories as, as we finish here. Henry Ford was asked, how do you succeed? This is what he said. When you start something, finish it. When you start something, finish it. I don't think that's in your notes, but you need to write that down. When you start something, finish it. Listen to this. Henry Ford went bankrupt five times in the car industry. And when he finally built his first car... He forgot to put a reverse gear in it. But how many you know Fords are still around today? Thank God, huh? Thank God. Listen to this. How many of you heard of Thomas Modigan? Modigan. Anybody heard of Thomas Modigan? Listen to this. Thomas Modigan in 1960 bought a hole-in-the-wall pizza shop. Eight years with it struggling. Finally, it burnt down. He was paid one cent for the dollar by the insurance company. Two years later, he went bankrupt and had everything repossessed. In 1971, his debt was $1.5 million. And he started thinking, listen to this dish people. Where's my dish buddies? Listen to this. He started thinking, how can I turn this around? And then he thought, I know. Instead of people always coming to me to eat pizza... I'll offer to bring the pizza to them hot in 30 minutes or they don't have to pay for it. Domino's Pizza now has 7,400 stores in 50 countries because he didn't give up. Amen? Martin Luther King. In college, in his museum, they have it written where he gave one of his uh, public speakings in class. This is what the teacher wrote and this is framed in his museum. Martin, if you continue to use such lofty words and flamboyant language, you will never be effective in public speaking. What do you think that teacher felt when he saw, she saw him speaking at the Lincoln Memorial? Walt Disney, his own dad told him, you're wasting your time drawing cartoons instead of having a real job. His art teacher told him, Walt, your drawings are ridiculous. Flowers don't have faces. <laughs> he applied to be a cartoonist at the Kansas City Star and was turned down and was told he had no talent. Then he went to the Kansas City Journal and was told he'll never make it as a cartoonist. You have no talent. So he said, okay, I'll start my own art studio. And he rented this old dilapidated building on the rogue side of town full of rats and roaches. 
And one day as he's sitting in this old dilapidated building, he sees a little mouse come out. So he starts throwing bread at it. And over a period of time, he threw bread and he could get the mouse all the way on top of his drawing table. And one day as the mouse was on his drawing table, he drew a mouse, enlarged the ears. Hello, boys and girls. And Mickey Mouse was born. Huh? Huh? And go to Disneyland and tell me he had no talent. Come on, I've been there. He don't have no talent. Listen to this. Don't listen to people. Albert Einstein flunked math and was labeled a slow learner. How many ever heard of Theodore Gessel? Did y'all hear, anybody hear of him? Okay, you know who he is? Well, everybody know who he is in a minute. He wrote a book and took it to 43 different publishers. Not 10, but 43. The 44th time he changed his name to his middle name and his mama's last name because he already had a bad reputation. He changed his name to Dr. Seuss. And on the 44th time, the cat and the hat was accepted and has sold over 200 million copies. Ha, ha, ha. 44th time. Well, I flunked, I flunked this, and I got to take it again next year. Well, take it again next year. Don't quit, because you got to take something over. How many has been married more than once? You didn't quit, did you? <laughs> get ready to get married for the fifth time. The other four didn't work, but I'm looking for that perfect man. Bless God. I do again. 200 million copies. The Bible says, despise not, despise not, mumble not, complain not, belittle not the day of small beginnings. When all we had was a little hut for a church with pigs and chicken running through, worms in my feet because of the pigs inside of the church building, chickens on top of the rafters, just a few people there couldn't speak to all of them in their Mayan language and making the ladies wear shirts to church because they didn't, were used to not wearing shirts in the village and just a little handful of people in a hut with kerosene lamps and a spotlight to read my Bible, scorpions falling out the thatch. I mean, just walking up the mountain, my wife falling down sometimes and rolling down the hill. I mean, all these different things. No, no outhouse. You find a tree and pray when you hear the tigers, when you hear the tigers roar, roar, you pray the tigers are far away while you're using the bathroom. <laughs> Is it true, baby? It's true. At night, no street lights, no electricity. God, you hate us, don't you? But you know what? Look at this awesome building and all these beautiful people. We got air conditioning. Despise not the day of small beginnings because you don't know what God has put inside of you for the future. You may be in the fight of your life. You may be battling the worst time, even for America. It may be the hardest time, but I hear the sound of unity arising. I hear something in the background that's telling me God is going to be glorified in the midst of this. And you may be in the fight of your life thinking, I'm just ready to quit. How dare you even say the word? 
Listen to this. Okay, I told you about Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Despise not the day of small beginnings. There's something great about to happen, but not without a fight. We were watching the Animal Channel. And boy, this sounds like a woman. The female elephant provokes the two male elephants to fight over her. Because the strongest one has better genes for to be her baby's daddy. So the two elephants start fighting. And the elephant that wins, and sometimes to the death, gets to be the baby's daddy. The eagles... She provokes the two males. And in the air, they grab talons and they start going around in a circle. And the first one to let loose doesn't get the female. But sometimes they hold on till they hit the ground and they die. Then she goes, provokes two others. (laughs) Can't live with them. And if you live... Through it, you can't. <laughs> anyway, listen, I got to get through. I got to go do a funeral. Anyway, listen. Listen. These eagles, the first one to let go can't be the daddy because she wants a man who'll grab that baby no matter how close the baby falls out the nest and gets close to the ground. She wants a brave daddy for her little chicks. So she provokes the two men to fight. Now, I identified with the baboons. (laughs) The baboon woman, she don't provoke no fight. She wants the neatest, tenderest, gentlest, nice baboon man. Because because the the, the, uh, male babysits the baby. While she goes hunts. I like that idea. So this is what I'm saying. Don't waste time. Be the best you can be. Stop the sagging. The girl don't want to see your underwear. Pull your pants up. Get you a belt. Because listen, listen. I don't know why I don't have a girlfriend. Well, maybe it's because her mom has seen your underwear. I mean, you could get behind a line and you see, you see these pants and the underwear. And a girl, girl wants to get interested in a guy. She don't want to see no sag. She don't even care if you got spinners or how loud your music is in your car. She wants somebody who'd be work, responsible, enthusiastic, passionate, and dedicated. Oh, come down now. That's what they're looking for. But listen, it's not just the men who are sagging. I went to Kmart Thursday, and there was this lady in the parking lot. She was healthy. And she was bent down. And my word, I saw everything. 
But when she got up, her pants were stuck down here and she was walking and I still could see everything. Now listen, I ain't going to marry a woman like that. Don't you be showing your business all over the parking lot. I want somebody with their pants up to here. That's what I want. <laughs> but listen. You see, you just put a little Red Bull in your coffee. Anyway, listen. Anyway, listen. Don't be one of the norms. You graduated. You've been promoted. In this promotion, don't let people, teachers, philosophies, don't let financial situations, don't let problems steal the enthusiasm that you have right now that you graduated. You accomplished a great thing. You graduated. Just remember how the Clampets were so proud of Jethro. He made it to sixth grade, and boy, they were proud of him. Well, you've made it to 12. Might have took you 14 years, but you made it to 12. And you made it. And you did it. Don't lose your enthusiasm about life. We all have difficult moments. But don't, remember, don't forget. Please, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't take the easy road. Don't start something and stop something. Don't waste your years stopping and starting if you can. Start and keep at it. And even when you're crying and you're up to three in the morning studying and it's hard like everything, don't quit. Watch you start. Finish. It'll cost you. When we were off of the mission field for two years, our heart was for the Latin people of South America. But we needed Spanish in our hand. So after two years on the mission field, we went to language school. Studied all day. And I had to get a job working till midnight laying carpet down. And I worked behind this big Swedish guy called Hans. And guess what? He had the sag going. And I had to be right behind him laying that carpet as he would put it there. I was there every day. And I would ask God, God, why do I have to have my nose right here? And listen, not only that, Brother Jody, you know about that? There's somebody who goes and lays it down, and you go and you push it. I said, God, I have to clean the bathrooms at Bible school. That was My wife and I had to clean the bathrooms. And, you know, that was okay. But now i got to work till midnight. Then i got to get home and study. But I had a vision, and we, had, we saw the Latins crying out to know Jesus. And we, know we, had, we knew we had purpose, even though God didn't make it easy on us. Even though it, didn't, it wasn't easy, and even though it wasn't fun, we saw the people crying out for Jesus. We saw the need of the people who never heard of Jesus. And so whatever we have to go through, we got a plan and we got a purpose. And there's something according to the books, book of Acts chapter uh, 16, verse 27. There's a plan and a predestined thing in your life 
that if you partner up with God, young person, if you partner up with God, He will lead you to that perfect plan and that perfect, perfect purpose. And I'll leave you with this. Joshua 1, 7 through 8, in the message translation. Give it everything you have. Heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you. Every bit of it. Don't get off track, either to the left or the right, so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of the revelation be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it. Day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you are going and then you'll succeed. That is God's graduation quote for you, Paige, and for you, Carbon, and for everyone in here. If we live to that, it promises that we will succeed and go where we need to go. Amen? Let's stand up, please.